I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just watched One Cut of the, of the, of the Dead. dead. <laughs> Flawless. Yes. Jeff, what edition is this? This is the quarantine edition of the Half-Assed Horrorcast. I'm afraid so. Uh, yes, we're doing this remotely, or Jeff is not in the HAHC studios with us. So if you notice a little bit of weirdness as a listener, it's because we're not all, like, sightseeing, you know, playing off each other and everything. So I might have a slightly different feel. Mm-hmm. But we're going. The future is now. And Craig mm-hmm. and I are facing each other. Yes. Yeah, I can, I <laughs> can see a, Jeff. You can see me. J- Kia is kind of askew. She's I'm, in, I'm in the shadows. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, did you guys watch One Cut of the Dead? Oh, shit, we didn't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just well, tell, tell us all what's about making it. you scared. We'll get out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yes, yes, we did. That was It was your choice, uh, 2017's One Cut of the Dead. Yes. Tell us about it, Jeff. Why'd you pick it? Uh, I picked it because I heard um, at least three different people on three different podcasts say that they really liked it and it was really good like one guy was even saying that it was his favorite movie of the year um i think it was on dana gould's podcast and like doug loves movies and um joe dante's podcast i don't remember any of these people talking about it it's weird it must have slipped by me somehow yeah there was like uh on all three of those some at i don't remember which episodes they were but someone mentioned it in each one of those podcasts I was listening to, I was like, well, this must be worth watching. Everybody keeps talking about it. So, I, I want to acknowledge really quick, just on, on Mike, that there are birds <laughs> making love directly out your window. <laughs> this is a beautiful day. So if people hear the birds chirping, that's, that's the scenic, you know, we're kind of in a rural area and, yeah. you know, Jeff's kind of enjoying nature over there. So yeah, it's uh, it's like the first nice day we've had in, months it feels like it feels like it's just been raining and gloomy every day for yeah. months so it's like finally like it's you know it yeah. feels better outside than it does inside so i've got my window open yeah. <laughs> middle middle tennessee we kind of kicked off the month with a really terrible tornado and everything and it's kind yeah. of been gloomy and weird ever since it seems like so yeah and uh there were tornado warnings last night but i didn't, you know we, we didn't know any, yeah so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, one cut of the dead basic premise without spoiling anything is about, it's about the, uh, these people are making a horror, uh, uh, these people are making a zombie movie and during the making of the zombie movie, a real zombie apocalypse starts and zombies start attacking the film crew and mm. the people on the set. So, and it's all one take, like the first half hour is just one take without any cuts which is where the title one cut of the dead comes from yeah yeah and this is uh streaming on shutter it's a shutter exclusive 
And uh, now's a good time to sign up because I think they have all kinds of deals because uh, so many people are, you know, housebound and everything. So I think there's lots of like, uh, you know, codes you can put in to get a free week or a free month of Shudder. So it's easy to check out if you want to stream it. Oh, show. Jeff, how would you, you feel about it to tell us, tell us how it went down? Well, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, it's really kind of hard to say how I felt about it without any major spoilers, but um, yeah. at least the so the first, like I said, the first half hour is one cut. They never, there's no cuts. They, at least that like are visible to me. There may be some kind of like weird trick that they use to make it seamless. Right, but, right. But I couldn't tell. But spoiler, um, I think I read, um, well, it's not really spoiler, but I, I read a little trivia, and they claim it is one cut, that they had to do oh, it really? several times, but that, that one 30-minute take is literally one. It kind of looks that way, like, in the in the credits. That was the thing, though. The the first half hour of the movie, I was like, I would love to see a behind-the-scenes making of this movie. Like, um, And there's something I was really impressed by that I can't say until we get into spoilers, but, like... Um, it's one of those things where it's like tech, on a technical level, like they pulled off something pretty impressive with that first 30 minutes. True. Uh, and then, but that doesn't necessarily make a movie great just because they did some cool trick. Mm. <laughs> um, that explains looks, why 1917 didn't win the Oscar for Best Picture. <laughs> mm. Just kidding. I still haven't yeah. seen that one. 1917, the filmmakers saw this movie first, <laughs> and they were like, no one's going to see this little movie. We'll, we'll do the same thing for the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it just, uh, it was, I mean, on a technical level, it was very impressive, and then uh, it looks very low budget. It almost looks like it was shot with an iPhone or just like a, you know, a camcorder. Right. Um, it's definitely video. There, there's no way this yeah. is film right. at any moment, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, lots of blood, uh, but very, like, kind of campy, you know, very, like, bright red blood, and, uh, like, nothing's going to, like, gross anyone out or scare anyone that I would imagine. I mean, it's it looks pretty fake, but I kind of like it. It's kind of like a charming. It looked real to me, but I can't tell. (laughs) And the zombies are very in the mold of like Dawn of the Dead Romero era where they're like blue and Mm. you know they so they look very stylized also like the makeup effects are very basic and um, like you said kind of fun. I mean like it's not really supposed to uh, scare you in that way probably. What did you think of the first half hour? Yeah let's let's I think that's a good point to like how'd you feel about the first 30 minutes Kia? With just the strict, you know, um, one cut. I wasn't into it because it was a lot of people yelling <laughs> yeah, that's all true. the time, and the and the zombies making zombie noises like all the time. So it was a lot of, um, yeah, it was just a lot of yelling and running around and the actors were doing things that didn't make sense to me um, that later did make sense once you get more into the movie. But before, when you first watched the first 30 minutes, I was just like, oh, well, that's Mm. not a lot of dialogue in this movie. It's just like yelling (laughs) and screaming and stuff. Um, But um, I really liked the the makeup lady. Oh, yeah. Right? 
I, can't, I don't. I don't remember any of these characters' names. Yeah, that'll be. Oh, rough. I'll be tough on that too. Yeah. But there is a, a makeup lady that is talking to, because it's it starts with like these two these lovers. I guess this girlfriend is about to be attacked by her boyfriend who turned into a zombie, mm-hmm. and then. Um, um, this movie is very hard to talk about because it's it's like Inception. It's, <laughs> exactly. I don't know, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm gonna spoil something well, or not. Let's let's keep it safe for you know just that well, initial. Okay, I wasn't, yeah. I'm not spoiling anything within yeah. this within this the first 30 minutes of this movie. Um, this girl is about to get attacked. They're, they're like filming a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then they 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 yell cut, and then the two young actors are hanging out with the makeup lady because the director is crazy and he's gone off somewhere. He's mm-hmm. he's like Very an insane intense. director. Yeah. And the two young stars and the makeup lady are just kind of talking and having fun. And I really liked her. She's She was really funny, a good um, actress. And just her character was really fun. You were talking about the lady that was speaking about her defense moves. Yes, and stuff like, like during that. their yeah, downtime, yeah, yeah. he was, was like, fun. so what's your hobby? And she said, <laughs> I'm taking self-defense. Right. And she had him like come up and grab her from behind. Show and some moves. Yeah. She would do like this cheerleader kneel with her arms raised and go, pum! <laughs> and it was just hilarious and yeah. it was awkward yeah. and I'm like, this is really weird. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. didn't like her. Um, <laughs> yeah, just kind of echoing what you guys said, I mean, it, it Definitely was impressive the how it looked like one take and uh, later revealed that it literally was, um, and like some of the awkward dialogue was fun and everything. I was a little frustrated, uh, like Kia was saying, with all the yelling and, but um, also how the lead actor, she is followed a lot, and a lot of times you're just looking at her back running, uh, you know, for like a solid three to five minutes sometimes. And it kind of felt like, uh, you know, like seriously, we're going to look at this lady's back again as she just runs through, you know, pretty, pretty non-distinct areas. <laughs> so that first run, that first three minutes, I was getting a little bit like frustrated with it. Not, not yeah. really, but you know what I mean? I was just kind of like, Oh, they're doing this again, huh? There are also know? a couple of like butt shots with her, like going up the stairs <laughs> yeah. and it's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I'm 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 with you on that. Like I remember, like the first thirty minutes, just thinking, like, why were these guys so impressed by this movie? They're like, this movie's amazing. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why do you think this right. is? Like, it was a you know, it was okay, I guess. But like like you were saying, there were people yelling. I thought a lot of the scenes where they were following her from behind and stuff felt like I was. I felt like I was playing a video game. Oh, just the way great. the yeah. the way the cameraman was following her and the angles and stuff. And then I also thought like, so the cameraman in the context of this first 30 minutes is he is he is a part of it right so like no, but i noticed like why aren't any of the zombies attacking the cameraman exactly we thought <laughs> we thought the exact same thing yeah i was like these guys really goofed up on this because like at one point he like <laughs> like the director gets in the camera and he's like keep filming and he's pointing his finger and i'm just like okay well this guy's actually a part of it right so this isn't like a fly on the wall kind of thing like right they lose that a little bit yeah yeah so um but i was I was thinking like, oh, this is sort of like a, a play, but instead of being on a stage, they have like all this stuff to, mm-hmm. you know, this property to move around on. It and did then, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say when I was watching it, I also thought the same thing that it felt very um, stage-like when the young actors and the makeup lady are kind of just hanging around. Sometimes they would just stop and each would look off in a different direction and just be quiet. And I'm like, I feel like I'm watching. A stage production. That's what mm-hmm. actors on a stage would do. It's very theatrical. So, right. Yeah. Do we want to get into the first turn of the movie, or 
Well, I should say, yeah, before yes. we get to that, I want to say that I, before I saw this movie, I heard that there was some kind of a twist in it yeah. on, on those podcasts I mentioned. And so the whole time I'm thinking, like, what's the twist going to be? And then, like, I was, like, writing stuff down as I was watching it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, a scare tactics thing where, like, everyone's in on it except the girl. And, like, mm. this is, like, the, the, direct, the director's way of, like, getting a good performance out of her. And then uh, the end, they're going to yell cut and be like, it was all fake. And she's going to be like, why would you do that to me? You know, <laughs> that, that's kind of what I first thought. Yeah. But then... Um, but then, like I said earlier, it's a, uh, it's it sort of, it. Oh yeah, like I was saying during the movie, I was uh, thinking, man, I would love to see a behind-the-scenes making of this movie. Mm. And then the twist comes. And spoiler alert. <laughs> should I go ahead and say it? Or yeah, I, I mean, it, it'll be hard to talk about it without spoilers. Yeah. So. Okay, so spoiler, spoiler. If you haven't seen it, don't don't listen on. Don't it, shudder. Please. Yeah. yeah. But the last hour of the movie is the making of the movie, but it's like a scripted version of the making of the movie. Like it's not an actual behind the scenes. But uh, like the the film quality gets better and the acting gets better, and you find out that the director in the first thirty minutes is the actual director, and he's not some kind of raging asshole. He's actually a very meek and humble person, and he has right. a teenage daughter, and his wife is the the. Pop- that lady, yeah. the uh, the makeup lady. But, yeah, when we were watching, I think Craig actually figured out the twist well before I did, because um, I think we pointed out that, like what Jeff said, that no one was attacking the camera director or the, right, the camera, person. camera person. Yeah, yeah. And then Craig said, "This is going to be the movie that they're making." Yeah, like. Um, but, and then, sorry, at the end of that first thirty minutes. When the credits roll, I was like, is that the end of the movie? And Craig said, no, that's just the credits for the movie that they just made, if that makes sense. Right. Well, that's what, like, I think we got a little frustrated with the first 30 minutes. So I openly was like, no, this isn't what, there's more to this. Like, so we started kind of spitballing theories as we were watching it a little bit, you know, and uh, yeah, we kind of organically uncovered it before it was revealed. Um, I think, too... I was just going to say real quick, I think something that skewed our viewing a little bit, too, is on the menu when we pulled up the movie on Comcast originally, it showed that it had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we were like, holy shit, 100%. This is going to be amazing. And then that first 30 minutes is so clunky and funny that we were like, I don't understand. I don't get this at all. Like, kind of what you were saying about these big-time directors saying they loved it and everything and, Mm -hmm. you know, watching that first bit and being like, oh, what's going on here, you know? So... Yeah, I, I figured it out. I can't remember exactly which point it was, but like when I was sort of like you, you were saying you were kind of spilling ideas of like what it could be. Are you still there? Oh, okay. Yeah. Thing kind of cut out for a second. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't remember what point, but it was, there's maybe like another eight to 10 minutes left. And I was like, oh, I think it's, this is going to be like, like Kia said, it's like movie inception where I'm just like, <laughs> there's a movie that they're filming and then they're going to pull back from that. But I didn't realize like once the, once the, you know, the movie within the movie ended, I didn't really know what they were going to go from there. I thought they would just yell cut and it would go into like, Hey guys, that was great. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, but then it like flashes back to before and it shows like how all this thing, all this stuff came about. Mm-hmm. There's like a new zombie channel in Japan, and 
they want to kick it off by doing a, a live movie. Uncut. Yeah, live broadcast. Yeah. And so we, we get to follow the director and the production of this movie, and we find out that the lead actor in the movie is actually some like teen heartthrob famous yeah. actor, I guess. Right. And he's like uh, not a he's a he's arrogant. Mm. Right. And you don't really like him that much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the director. Oh, I was going to say the director's daughter seems to be kind of infatuated with him a little bit too, yes. right? She's <laughs> oh, yeah. she's pretty excited he's going to be in it. So. Yeah, it's like if uh, that guy from One Direction, I don't know his name, but if that guy was in a movie and like you know the director's daughter. This was an American thing. She yeah, said, yeah. Oh my God, that's the guy from One Direction. <laughs> kind of that. Song. Yeah, you can tell the director like really hates him because he kind of improv. You find out that he's improving that part at the beginning of the movie where he's like, "You've been arrogant this whole time and all this stuff." Mm. Like, they're like looking through the script like that's not in here. It's like, oh, he was really saying that to that guy. Yeah. It's yeah. really it's really cool because when you're watching that first thirty minutes, you have like a lot of questions as to what's happening and. Because yeah. when the the lead the two young leads and the makeup artist are hanging out, there's a lot of awkward pausing. Yeah. Mm. And when you're watching it, I'm thinking, this is bad acting. What's yeah. happening? So when it goes back through the making of the movie, it kind of fills in all those blanks. So that's kind of because yeah. that first 30 minutes, you have like a lot of questions yeah. as to what's happening, and then it's kind of cool to see, okay, this is this is why that happened. Yeah. Um, they pretty like, much answered all the questions I had except for one. And if I remember, I'll bring it back up on the podcast. Yeah, during that scene where they're just kind of hanging out with the makeup lady, and uh, there's like this awkward pause, and then the lead guy goes, uh, do you have any hobbies? And I was like, what is the weirdest dialogue? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, but that's what made it even more impressive to me when you see the back end of the movie where you're like, like even the what looked like mistakes or awkward pauses and stuff were done on purpose, so they actually... <laughs> That's to me. That's even more impressive that they were able to like even like get through that whole performance without messing up, mm-hmm. and still put in like like mistakes that are, they're doing on purpose. Like I don't know. It seemed kind of impressive. Definitely. And I mean, the hijinks behind the scenes include um, a sound person that gets rancid diarrhea <laughs> when he drinks water. <laughs> yeah. He's so worried about drinking regular bottled water, and he he, he just takes a little tiny. <laughs> itty bitty sip and that's enough to give him explosive diarrhea for the rest of the movie and during the first 30 minutes <laughs> when there's like a zombie attack there's the, this that guy yeah he's got like kind of a wrap around his head yeah he's sitting he's sitting down when people are running around crazy there's a zombie attack and i asked craig i'm like is this is this an accident this guy is not reacting <laughs> to anything that's happening but then you find out he has diarrhea like right. for real <laughs> and there's a, there's a scene where it shows him being made up as a zombie, like while he's taking Pooping, a crap yeah. in the woods, in the in the bushes. And he, like, while the makeup artist is putting the makeup on him, he's like crying and taking a crap at the same time. <laughs> it's it's just, so humiliating, right? <laughs> like, he's just sitting there without his pants, pooping yeah. as someone's putting his little zombie makeup on. Yeah. That was, I think that was Aww. the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> Like, why wouldn't that guy pack his own water? If he, if he was <laughs> that easily susceptible, he should bring his own damn water, and man. And he kept like, saying, I emailed you. Did you get the email? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and going back to those awkward pauses, those awkward pauses was because it was live and things were happening, like the guy having diarrhea and right. there's another zombie that had an alcohol problem, so he wasn't making his cues and everything. So those awkward pauses where the actor's being told, you kind of have to fill some space. Definitely, um, yeah. So when you see that, you go, oh, they're just, this is live. 
<laughs> and this is what happens. I've never watched a live television show when they have done those. Right. So I wonder if those actually those have to happen. Those probably they have probably have mistakes all the time. Well, and this was unique though that it wasn't on a stage. I feel like most of those live uh, broadcasts are usually you know almost like stage productions, and this was like on location where they're like running through the woods and, you know, like different areas and stuff like that. So it's a lot different, uh, you know, for the logistics, I guess. So Uh, during that first 30 minutes, I kept thinking like, where's the crew hiding? Like Mm. there's, I kept looking like they would pan around and stuff. I'm like, there's nowhere for the crew to be like kind of ducking behind stuff, but they're literally just like running behind the camera person to stay out of the shot and stuff. It's pretty, it was pretty cool. That part was pretty cool to see the people that are doing the work. Not the actors, but the people that, you know, without them, the whole show would have fallen apart. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cause they don't really get in the, I feel like this movie did a good job of giving, um, um, what's the word, um, attention to the people that you don't really know their names. You don't really, you see their names in the credits, but they don't really get attention. But without them, the movie would totally fall apart. Like the makeup people and yeah camera people and you know yeah if you're if you're not in filmmaking you take those things for granted yeah. a lot just as a viewer for sure yeah, yeah. oh something's buzzing in just <laughs> there's a bumblebee in here now <laughs> oh, oh did it, you hear it's it gone. yeah <laughs> we heard it yeah oh, no. he left he just zoomed in and zoomed right back out <laughs> i don't have a screen on this window so i don't know how to like keep it up. so this is wide open to the world then huh yeah this is literally the only window in the house that I can open up to get air from outside because oh. there's like these store windows on all of them. And this is the only one that doesn't have one. So you could cut that part out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> one other little quick observation is um, the uh, the studio exec, uh, the the older lady that's oh, yeah. always on her phone or whatever. She reminded me so much of Danielle Harris. <laughs> It was oh, ridiculous. Really? Like, I, like her hair and like just the way she smiled and her lo- her eyes kind of lit up in certain moments. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, man, that's how Daniel Harris is going to look when she's like, <laughs> you know, like elder, you know, a little bit older or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Are like, you I just sure saw about a lot of because she she still looks like she's eighteen. Listen, it's going to happen. Oh. It's going to happen. But she's like ninety. Yeah. She'll, she'll start to I like 40. <laughs> I like I like that actor by the way. I don't mean to slag on her appearance like cuz I thought oh, she yeah. was a funny bit of the uh the movie. I liked her a lot. So Yeah, there's like all this chaos going on around her and she's like this was great. Like <laughs> <laughs> That that's another kind of funny little aside is uh kind of the people running this network are monitoring how all this is going down and they're basically looking at the script as it's going going, "Oh god, this is way off." you know, do we need to put something else on the screen? And, you know, they're making all these, like, behind-the-scenes decisions and it's going, no, run with it, run with it, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, it's pretty fun, so. Yeah, the, um, I also like how the director character at the beginning, well, there is one thing, I, I, they kept calling him the director, I was like, this, they didn't give him a name? <laughs> right. But then when, like, after the first 30 minutes, you're like, oh, okay, so that was, like, a movie within a movie, and then, but he, he kind of becomes the most hateable person in the movie at the beginning and then the most likable person in it in the last hour. At least yeah. I mean, I really... It's a good uh, observation, really yeah. And, and his, his, the little B-plot of him and his daughter reconnecting over film, you know, that's that's kind of, the I guess, the heart of the movie in some ways. Yeah. You know, his daughter's super into film and, uh, you know, she's always wearing the 80s uh film pop culture t-shirts like the shining and um scarface and stuff like that 
and uh, she kind of gets to actively yeah. participate. She in, wants you to. Know. She wants to be something in the, the industry. I don't know what she wants to be a director, because it shows her trying to to um, get a little girl to cry without using eye drops. Oh, yeah. she's doing. She's working on some project before the zombie thing takes place, hmm. but she just doesn't have um, um, a soft hand when dealing with people. Like yeah. the lady's, the girl's mother tries to intervene, and she calls her a, an old hag or <laughs> something. She's very passionate, but it kind of comes through in a wrong in a, a wrong way. So, yeah, I noticed uh, in the last hour of the movie, you kind of see the influences that. Uh, influenced the first 30 minutes so like I almost felt like uh, her character was was the director's influence of how he played the director character in the first mm. thing where he's like yelling at people and like you gotta really give me the real emotion like she was did she like you know like you were just saying she was kind of being hard on that little girl to try to get her to cry without using fake tears and stuff but it's it should be noted too that like the makeup artist, uh, the wife of the director, uh, is a last minute replacement uh, to to be in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, you discover you know in that moment basically that she's like method, that yeah. she really personifies the character she's playing and does not follow the rules very well and kind of goes off on her own you know tangents and stuff like that. They're both so. last minute replacements because the. The person who was supposed to play the director and the person who's supposed to play the makeup artist are having an affair, and they get yeah. into a car crash or something. <laughs> yeah. So they don't make it. Last minute. Yeah. So the real director plays the director, and then um, the daughter convinces the mother because she had given up acting. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why she's given up acting, but she's given up acting. And then it's revealed later that she's given up acting because she loses herself in the role. <laughs> so in a zombie apocalypse, she becomes a badass and she tries to like kill the zombies and anyone she thinks is a zombie without hesitation. Mm. And um, at, at some point in the first 30 minutes, the young male actor picks up the axe. There's an axe that the girl has. And he mentions that it's a real axe. I don't remember if that if that's if it's a real axe in the zombie movie or if it's a real axe in the real movie if that makes sense because if that's the case her losing herself in her in her role is even more dangerous because she's running around with a real axe yeah i think the prop axe was real i think that's what they were worried about like it you know could potentially actually hurt someone uh so there's a scene at the end there's a big confrontation on the roof and um if the makeup artist lady her character gets killed and in the first 30 minutes when, when we're watching the movie she pops back up and you're kind of like oh, yeah. is she alive? Yeah she has an axe in her head and yeah. everything. Yeah. But it turns out when you see the behind the scenes <laughs> her husband basically put her in a sleeper hold because she was going crazy. <laughs> yeah. So she was just unconscious the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and I did, during that first 30 minutes I just assumed that like this was her coming back as a zombie like in uh, Walking Dead and stuff but uh yeah, like you said, you find out that she was just woke up from, you know, being passed out or whatever. I was going to say that the like that last shot where it, the camera pans up and you see the, like the pentagram thing on the in blood on the ground and she's just standing there and the credits start rolling. I remember during that first thirty minutes thinking like that was a really kind of clunky shot there, like the, the the way the camera moves. And then right. in the last hour, you find out like they had to make a human pyramid because <laughs> somebody <laughs> like the thing fell off the roof that was holding the camera that was gonna make that like a smooth shot at the end. Mm. That was pretty funny. Definitely. 
the the only part that it didn't answer well okay two things there, there's an older zombie i think the first zombie we see that like before he attacks someone he throws up on him oh, yeah. thought, oh that's gross and then when you see behind the scenes that's the alcoholic zombie so he's just i mean he was like passed out yeah he was very half in the bag or basically more had to prop him up so when he throws up that's like real vomit so the person <laughs> he throws up on is like what is this on my face like he's like wipe my face off <laughs> and then when the the young girl is like running around she and she hides somewhere and she peels off uh like a prosthetic on her ankle but i i don't know if it's supposed to be a bite or what but she peels it off and in the first 30 minutes Craig and I didn't understand what was happening. And then they, did, they didn't show that when they went behind the scenes. So I, I still don't know what that was about. Like, yeah, remember in the, the narrative of the 30-minute opening, right. the lead actor, the, the female lead actor, uh-huh. th- they speculate that she's been bitten, remember? She's like, I don't know. I don't know if oh, I've been bitten. Oh, yeah. And then later it shows her pull off the prosthetic, like, oh, okay. You know, so you, you think, well, was she... Uh, faking being bitten or and then later when the reveal you know you think well maybe that was a mistake and they'll show oh we accidentally stuck this prosthetic on her leg and she just peeled it off later but they never really address it that i remember so this is kind of a hanging thread a little bit yeah i uh i forgot about that yeah i don't remember them saying anything about i remember like within that first 30 minutes when that happened i thought like oh like somebody was trying to make it seem like she got bitten Mm-hmm. They put a thing on her, but like, yeah, they never. I don't remember them resolving that at all. I mean, there were so many alterations to the script on the fly in right. that, you know, the back half that there's no telling what was supposed to happen, and yeah. they just kind of were rolling with it. So it kind of makes sense still, but I, I thought they were going to direct because they directly addressed so many things. I thought there'd be a, a specific moment where they show, like, oh, take that prosthetic off, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, so. yeah, the uh, that was a. I don't remember exactly what point, but at, at some point where she goes into like a shed or something and you see the zombie's legs walk up and then she's yeah. just standing there looking up and then uh, <laughs> it walks away and you're like, well, I guess the zombie didn't see her. But then you see in the last half that uh, they just wrote directions on a piece of paper and like right, show it to her. It out. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need you to go back this way. Um, yeah, that was, I remember when we watched that first 30 minutes, uh, when those bare legs come in, I was just like, so just a naked zombie walked up to her and then just wandered <laughs> off? Like, what was going on, you know? And, yeah. But they never really quite explained it. This, that, what you were explaining, that it was just for uh, screen direction and they just kind of hit it in the narrative, so. <laughs> yeah, I think overall at the, uh, during the first 30 minutes, I'm thinking like, whatever the twist is must be something really amazing because so far this movie is not, Mm. Other other than just being one cut, it's not terribly impressive. And like everybody right. I heard talk about it was like, oh, it's amazing. It's the best movie I've seen all year and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe something cool happens later. Well, I, I feel like a piece of why it's so well-reviewed is so many people writing about film or filmmakers or have made movies of their own. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's very relatable to them. Like they see mm-hmm. themselves a lot in these characters and the struggles that they've made, you know, making their own movies and stuff. Yeah. Because I, I, I kind of feel like as a layperson, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, it was a little tougher to like really like, oh, yeah, you know, like be super yeah. into it sometimes. Uh, but I could totally see how a director or someone working in the industry would be like, oh, this is, you know, very fun. And 
you know, like I've kind of been through some of this stuff occasionally and yeah, you know, that sort of thing. So overall though, I thought it was good. Like the, it, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of the year or anything, but you know, yeah. I thought it was a solid movie like altogether. I mean, you gotta take that first 30 minutes with a grain of salt and just know yeah, that like definitely. something's, uh, something's going to happen later to, <laughs> to bring this all together. Do we have any other closing thoughts? Or? Um, I wanted to mention the um, the credits. After after the whole movie is finally finished, the, and the, the credits show uh, the real people behind the scenes, the real camera people, the real makeup people doing stuff. So that's... I thought that was cool, because they actually... Yeah. I guess when they really did do one cut of it in real life, they actually had these people running around, oh, yeah. but they didn't, I'd imagine, didn't have the burdens of someone with massive diarrhea and that was drunk, <laughs> but it still shows them like having to, to run and, oh, yeah. and to keep up with everything. And so I, I thought, I thought that was cool to see the real people yeah. behind the movie. It was like the behind like, the scenes of the behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. There was that one moment where there was a long spell where the camera is just on the ground and it's filming grass. Oh, and um, in the true behind the scenes at the ending, they show that the camera person was drinking like five bottles of water during that moment that he was just like, <laughs> like you know, pounding back all this water because obviously they were having to run oh, with all yeah. these actors and cover all this space. I guess that was like a little in, like a little moment that they were like, okay, in this moment, everyone gets a little break and we all right. can kind of drink water and, you know, just so we can keep this going. Um, I thought that was kind of, to me, that was the most interesting part in a weird way was seeing the guy yeah. pound the waters. So I was like, oh, they must really... And they also, give, they also give a reason for that in the fake behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the camera guy throwing out his back and someone taking yeah. it over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like how they wrote oh, in a break into the movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> At this point, fun. we're going to take like a 10-second break. and then. <laughs> I'll also, I don't know if you noticed, during the credits, the music that was playing, I was sitting there listening to it going, like, this sounds like a song that... This sounds like a Japanese version of a song that I know, and I realize like it sounds like "I Want You Back" by the Jackson Five, but with like in Japanese. And I did the what you call it? Uh, Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. I Shazammed it, and it's it's called uh, "Keep Rolling" is what they call it. But I mean, it's it's "I Want You Back." It's the exact same so it wasn't word progression. <laughs> no, I think it was like. Oh. I mean, I I couldn't understand. Uh, I mean, I don't understand Japanese obviously, but like. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was supposed to be a cover, and but they definitely called it something different in the on the soundtrack. If it's not a cover, someone should be sued. Because when I first heard oh, it, right. I, I, I was like, "Oh, that's the Jackson Five song." Maybe it's kind of a yeah. parody Weird Al type of situation where it's like mm. you're supposed to know that it's derivative, and mm. they're you know they put funny lyrics in or something that we don't understand. Maybe it kind of reminded me of like Jojo Rabbit. Have you seen that yet? No, we still haven't seen that. It's good. There's a there's some music in it though, where it's like uh, a German version of a Beatles song, and then there's a German version of a David Bowie song. And, but it's it's actually David Bowie singing, but he's singing in German. Oh. And I was like, oh, it's sort of like kind of reminded me of that, where it's like, oh, that's a Jackson Five song sung in Japanese. But, <laughs> Jeff, do you recommend this one? Definitely. Um, I give it a B. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely definitely worth your time to check it out and hopefully uh if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie we didn't just tell you everything that happens in it but <laughs> but surely if you know surely people heeded the spoiler warning earlier so yeah i'd recommend it 
Kia. Um, I think I would recommend it. Um, I didn't, honestly, when we watched it, I was, I wasn't really that into it. Although I did like, um, the, the behind the scenes stuff at the end where you see them making the zombie movie, but some of the acting was a little hammy, hammy for me. Um, so I, I did not like it, but after thinking about it overnight and talking about it, <laughs> I respect it a little bit more. So I will give it a C. Mm, I want to do a C minus, but I'll give it a C because talking about it, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like uh, the conversation we just had made me like it a lot more um, because the first viewing, I kind of felt like I watched a YouTube video that yeah. was you know, really well done. And then someone said, hey, if you like that YouTube video, watch this other YouTube video that shows how they made it. And I have to sit and watch <laughs> like a, a making of of the YouTube video. So I kind of felt like I watched the same movie like four times in a row in a weird way. You know what I mean? Because it was like cycling through the same moments over and over. Um, but yeah, like after talking about it and kind of realizing the angles and, and everything, I appreciate it more, I think. So um, I, I think I'd give it maybe... Eh, like C plus, C plus, you know, around in there. Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend it if you want a horror movie because this is distinctly not like this is yeah. not a horror movie on scary, any level. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, yeah, straight it's not up. scary at all. <laughs> yeah. So if you're looking for a horror movie, definitely avoid this one. But if you just want like a cool, like fun movie with an original premise and you know some laughs and something really kind of clever and offbeat, I definitely think you know it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I, I got a little skewed with the 100% rating, you know, like, so the first 10 minutes, I was like, yeah. what the fuck is happening, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but then yeah, as that I, was the thing. Out, I liked it more. Yeah, like, like you said, like, I, I heard nothing but just rave reviews about it before I saw it, so I think, like, if somebody had been like, eh, it's okay, first of all, I probably wouldn't have watched it, but then second, uh, I might have liked it even more if somebody would have, if it hadn't been kind of oversold to me, you know? Yeah, that's it. I think if I had stumbled onto this on Netflix one rainy morning or something and watched it, I would have liked it a lot more than, like you were saying, with kind of the trumped up expectations and everything. So, because I remember our friend Adam, you know, the listener and friend, he's been on the podcast, um, loves this movie, was super excited that we were going to do an episode on it and everything. And he's kind of, he's a filmmaker also, you know, makes his own movies and stuff. So, I definitely think if you're involved in making your own movies or, you know, make your own YouTube videos and stuff like that, you'll appreciate this on a level that a lot of people may not. So, yeah. Huh? So I think between our grades, that will be like a, a B minus. Yeah, it'll be around B, That's B minus. I think passing. so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Just not raving about it just yet. Yeah. Might, it might feel different, though, in a couple of years. I don't know. It might be one of those. Yeah. years. Like, you know what I mean, though? Like, time goes by and you kind of look at things a little differently, yeah. I think, because I just watched it yesterday. So I kind of wonder you know, down the line, if I'll be like, oh, you know, that movie was a lot cooler than I gave it credit for, that type of thing, so. Yeah, it definitely, like, after it kind of, because I watched it, I think it was, like, Wednesday or Thursday, and I, I mm. it kind of set in, I, you know, it gave me a chance to kind of think about it for a while, and I was telling my girlfriend about it, and I was, like, just keep basically telling her the premise, I was, and she was like, yeah, I'm never going to see this movie, so you can tell me everything, <laughs> so I, I started just telling her what the movie was about, she's like, that actually sounds kind of interesting, now I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 
Well, you already know everything that happens now since we're. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually um, kind of a good side point, though, is that this is a decent gateway movie in some ways. Mm. Like, if you have a friend that's not into horror, but this is kind of like horror adjacent, you could kind of show them. Yeah. It might be a nice way to massage in, like, future watching horror movies with them. And it might thing. make someone look at the, um, the people that make horror movies differently. True. You realize just how much time and work and effort goes oh, into yeah. it. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed One Cut of, of the, the Dead. dead. Horrorcast, we like to end every episode with a segment we called What's Making Us Scared, in which we, the Half-Ass Horrorcast crew slash kids, reveal something in the horror community that we're excited about and want to share with our listeners. Jeff Lorenzo! So what's making me scared this week is a movie I watched called Come to Daddy. Dad, why did you ask me to come here? I don't want to discuss it. I need to know why you sent that letter. I gotta take a crap. Uh, it stars Elijah Wood, and he plays this guy who's been estranged from his father for about 30 years. His dad left him and his mom when he was five years old. Uh, he gets a letter from his dad asking him to come visit him and see him again because he wants to have a relationship with him again. Uh, he gets to his house, and his dad is a real prick and just acts like an asshole the whole time. Uh, he's kind of got some violent tendencies, and he's, you know, you could tell that Elijah Wood is a, a little nervous, and he's very confused, like, why did you invite me out here? You're just being a jerk this whole time. Um, and that's pretty much all I can say without giving away any kind of spoilers, but I would recommend it, uh, but I would also have to give a small warning if you're really sensitive to gore and violence, uh, I am a bit like this kind of pushes over the line a little bit for me. Like there's just some stuff in it that I was not expecting. And so there was a couple of times where I just literally put my hands over my eyes and I was like, Oh no. Like I just, <laughs> you know, I didn't see certain things coming. So, um, it is good, but again, just, you know, be warned. There's a, there's some pretty brutal violence and gore in it. Um, uh, just in, like, a few parts, though. I mean, it's not like a bloodbath from, you know, beginning to end or anything like that. But, you know, just a, just a fair warning. Um, but I would recommend it um, with that with that one warning. So that's what's scaring me. It has a good Rotten Tomato score, I, th I believe. <laughs> like in the, I think, in the 80s or something. <laughs> All right, Kia, what's making you scared this week? I'll just mention a couple of TV shows. So, um, one was The Outsider. What would make someone do such a thing? He didn't do it. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. Answer me this. Do you think Terry Maitland killed that boy? watched that was on hbo i believe it's a adaptation of a stephen king novel um 
I won't go into any details, but it was just a, it's a good crime show. Um, a lot of great acting. I thought it was done well. Pretty pretty faithful to the novel with some changes, obviously. But um, and pretty self-contained too, which I thought was kind of yes. nice. Like if you're uh, locked down right now in your house, it might be a good one to kind of stream, and you know you can kind of knock out in a day or two if yeah. you want. So, and it's it's just yeah, it's a it's a good adult <laughs> crime show. You know, it's for you know a mature audience, but it's it's well done. And then. Um, <laughs> Lock and Key, which also we we watched, um, and uh, you know, I think Craig and I liked it. I don't think we were invested in it. Um, really, I didn't care about most of the characters. <laughs> I just didn't I didn't get into it. But um, we stayed. Uh, That's a weird recommendation. <laughs> listen, um, let me finish. But we stayed with it. One because we stayed with it almost out of obligation because mm. we both we both read the comics and we went to stay with it and I do think we were ultimately happy with how it ended, right? Yeah, I thought that I the was. the episodes involving um, the kind of the guy that breaks out of prison and yeah. does the home invasion I thought those were the strongest episodes. He was my favorite character. Yeah, and the the ones that I liked the most, but the rest of it really did feel like. To me, that show was distinctly entry level. Mm. It's like for younger kids yeah. that maybe are interested in horror, and but you don't want to show them friggin' Haunting of Hill House or something yeah. super intense. So and this think, is kind of a nice, you know, kind of easy way to. That's cool. It's like a like Sabrina. It's something for all ages, but that you can feel safe showing to your kids. Because mm. I mean, the main characters are kids, including like uh, I don't know how old he's supposed to be. He's six or Brody, seven. Yeah. In the comics, I think he's like four or something. Mm. But um, but what I liked about it was that because when we were watching it, I kept thinking, well, they're gonna f go through the whole comics in this se season, so I'm kind of interested to see what they do next. And they, I think they really set up a, a very interesting second season that is outside of the comic. Right, so, give you a little surprise if you're a fan. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I would recommend it. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> and it's a it's a fun show. It's different. I. When I was reading the comics, I remember saying, this is a show that they cannot do on TV because it's just too weird. Mm. But they did it. Yeah. So, and I think they did the best they could because it's very, it's very imaginative and very, very out there. Well, and the tone is for younger people too. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a tough nut to crack in some ways. Like you don't want to ratchet it up too much and make, you know what I mean? Like yeah. then it changes it completely. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a tough adaptation, I think. So... That is The Outsider and Lock and Key. Yes, which Kia. is on Netflix. There's Lock like two Key. sides of a coin. There's just two totally and different interestingly types of shows. enough, one's from the father and one from the son. I didn't oh, even put damn. that two Stephen together. King and Joe Hill. They, yeah. they rule the mm. world in like literature mm. and TV and movies. Mm. It's quite impressive. Speaking of impressive, what's making me scared? Is self-promotion. Is yourself. <laughs> I, uh, the Friendly Monsters, uh, my little Etsy shop, has hit 100 uh, sales. Yay. So, yeah, I, I was really happy with it. And uh, one of the reasons I bring it up is because a listener was our 100th oh. uh, customer. So thank you, JR. Um, thank you for listening. And thank you for following me on social media and seeing that uh, I sell wacky things and you bought it something. So, uh, yeah, Friendly Monsters on Etsy, you can check it out. It kind of got me through some hard times <laughs> in recent years, or recent months, rather. So, 
Thank you, JR, and thanks for anybody that's ever promoted it. I think uh, Adam always tweets stuff out about it, and our friend Johnny Leroy from Tennessee Horror News, he also uh, tweets about it and stuff. It's really cool, and I appreciate it. So thank you much. Um, the moment I've been waiting for. Oh, yeah, it's uh, I get to pick the movie, uh, the next one. And uh, hoping that we get to record again pretty soon with this new fancy setup. Uh, I was hoping maybe we could get one in before Easter. And I would pick hmm. an Easter horror film. Oh, uh, what? Critters Part 2. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Cut me off. <laughs> Critters Part 2. Huh. It is an Easter film. Uh, Kia was on the right track with Passion of the Christ. <laughs> I guess that would have been a more appropriate horror Easter film. Uh, but no, so uh, Critters Part 2, I forgot what year that is. It's probably like 88, around in there. And it's a good time. It's a Mick Garris jam, and it has most of the returning cast from the original Critters. But yeah, so join us next time for Critters Part 2. Thanks for listening, and keep slamming that motherfucking evil. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H.A. Horrorcast. And you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Yeah.